This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Barbara Ramirez. And I'm Sunandita Santanan. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. Tonight, we join in the programming for the KUNM Spring Fundraiser. Throughout the hour, you'll hear Generation Justice members speak about the importance of a platform like KUNM that gives us the space to share our voices with you. As you listen tonight, please visit KUNM.org and make a contribution. If you donate now, your contribution will count towards Generation Justice's impact at KUNM. You can also call the number 505-277-4483. Again, that's 505-277-4483. And leave a message. Someone from KUNM will give you a call back and take your contribution. Thank you for that info, Sunny. This evening, we bring you a very important interview with Janet Nunez del Prado, the New Mexico hub leader of Marked by COVID-19, and Eleanor Bravo, chair of the New Mexico COVID Steering Committee and a community organizer. They talk about Senate Joint Memorial One, which focuses on remembering and honoring those lost and everyone affected by the COVID-19 deadly and disabling virus, with the memorial here in Albuquerque. In honor of Women's History Month, we have excellent tunes picked out especially for you. These songs were chosen by Generation Justice interns to celebrate the beautiful, incredible, and impactful women in their lives. The songs you'll hear tonight are by women and women presenting folks, for women and women presenting folks. That's right. Our first song of the night is Do Right Woman, Do Right Man, a powerful soul song by the iconic Aretha Franklin. It speaks to the humanity, power, and respect that women deserve from men in relationships. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll always love you And nobody Can make me do This week is the 2023 KUNM Spring Fundraiser. Here is 16-year-old GJ Leader for Change fellow Emilio Bovale with an important message for you. My name is Emilio Bovale. I'm 16 and currently a junior at Valley High School here in Albuquerque. I've been with Generation Justice for around four years and through KUNM, Generation Justice has given youth like me in our community of New Mexico a platform to have our voices heard. Generation Justice has given me the chance to learn about multimedia, leadership skills, critical thinking, and learn about our beautiful New Mexican community. I'm very grateful to KUNM for letting us broadcast our show and by donating, you can help keep those voices of New Mexican youth heard. Please visit KUNM.org and click on the Give Now button to make a contribution to this community radio station or call 505-277-GIVE or 277-4483 and leave a message. A KUNM member will call you back to take your donation. Thank you to KUNM and all the donors for keeping the voices of youth heard. 
COVID-19 continues to have a detrimental effect on our communities on a global scale every day. Many of our loved community members have passed due to COVID or continue to struggle as a result of long COVID. It is important to remember that the pandemic is not over and thousands are still being infected by this virus today. Tonight, we speak with Janet Nunez del Prado, New Mexico hub leader of Marked by COVID, and Eleanor Bravo, community organizer and the chair of the New Mexico COVID Steering Committee. Jeanette and Eleanor share their personal experiences with COVID-19 and how this memorial can help us heal and take care of our well-being as we are in this deadly pandemic. Here is DJ intern Lily Lucao speaking with Jeanette Nunez del Prado and Eleanor Bravo about Senate Joint Memorial Number 1, which is to focus on COVID-19 and all the losses that we've had. This is Lily Lucao with Generation Justice, and I am speaking with Jeanette Nunez del Prado, a bilingual, bicultural, licensed clinical social worker and the New Mexico hub leader of the local grassroots nonprofit marked by COVID. Jeanette is employed at the University of New Mexico Center for Development and Disability. And Eleanor Bravo, a native of the Philippines, Eleanor immigrated to the U.S. as an infant with her parents and two sisters. She is presently chair of the New Mexico COVID Steering Committee and a community organizer. Jeanette and Eleanor, welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you, Lily. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Please tell us more about yourselves. Jeanette, why don't you start? Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm the New Mexico Marked by COVID leader. I came to this work after I lost my dad, Hugo Nunez del Prado, to COVID in May of 2021. Uh, despite the passage of time, just thinking of him and talking of him brings up so many emotions. So thank you for allowing me to pause. Um, so my dad was a very, very special person. Um, he lived in Bolivia, where I was born and where I'm from. And he loved life and he lived his life um, to the fullest. He loved to sing and dance and, you know, just, just loved being around people. He was only 62 and he was healthy. Um, he didn't have access to the vaccine due to the United States failure in global vaccine equity. We didn't share it with the global South um, in time. So he died just two weeks before he was going to come and get the vaccine. We had the date marked on our calendar. We were ready to see him. So, you know, we just, we really feel like we were robbed. He went years before his time. And I have found so much healing, connecting with others like me that have lost someone to COVID, seeing that I'm not alone, sharing my grief and pain in safe spaces. And you know, I lost him in May right before the Delta hit. And there was just this collective desire and feeling of wanting to move on and rush quickly back to normal. Right. And I was feeling so left behind and so unacknowledged. Um, so I founded the New Mexico chapter of Marked by COVID and began right away working on a COVID-19 memorial um, to help bring healing to myself, but more importantly to to the rest of the country to help bring a safe space and 
recognition, um, you know, of, of our losses. So that's kind of how I came to this work and what fuels my advocacy, you know, love, love and rage. We shouldn't be here. This shouldn't have happened. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was beautifully said. And I'm so glad that we can have this space to both honor your father and move forward in helping others. Thank you. Thank you, Lily. Eleanor, what about you? Yes, uh, I, <clears throat> my only sister died of COVID on October 6, 2020. She did not live in New Mexico. She wasn't sick, but she had had her knee replaced. And I thought she won't get it because she won't go anywhere, but she fell. Um, couple of times and she had to go back into the hospital um, and then she was released from the hospital and she was sent to rehab and in rehab she was infected by a staff member and she she took a, a quick downturn and she was sent back to the hospital and she was immediately intubated and she suffered a COVID heart attack, which I had never heard of. I didn't even know what it was. Um, she lived only five days after that. So it was a terrible shock. We couldn't travel at that time. And I'm an older person. The airlines weren't really going at that time. And I we were afraid to, to, to get on a plane. So no one saw her. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so sad that I, that she died alone with none of us. That, that really haunts me. And so I'm, I'm really angry. I, I believe that the whole situation was not handled well. So I, I have, I have anger and grief and I know that grief is the price you pay for having loved someone. Mm. So I, I understand I've had other loss in my life, but this is so different because we couldn't have a, a, a service for her. It was two years, just this past October that we were to, able to gather as a family and her friends to say goodbye. Two years and, and it, it just was not satisfying. So I, I'm angry. I'm angry and I and I am channeling my anger and my grief towards uh, making sure this never happens again. Yeah. This was unprecedented and unnecessary. Thank you so much, Eleanor. I completely agree and I I honor that anger and that frustration that you both share. Thank you. I'd love to hear more about marked by COVID-19 and your mission. Yes, yeah, so we are the largest survivor-led, uh, survivor-founded COVID-19 advocacy group. And our primary mission is creating spaces for mourning and recognition. We have federal legislation for a COVID Memorial Day, which was co-introduced by Senator Heinrich. So it would be the first Monday in March um, every year, a day set aside for recognition and, and healing. And we are leading the country, really, New Mexico is leading the country in this efforts for a permanent memorial 
um, which will be in, in Albuquerque. So that's our, our primary goal. That's amazing. We're, we've been very fortunate. Uh, the state land office led by Stephanie Garcia Richard has given us an acre of public trust land outside of Mesa del Sol area in Albuquerque for a statewide memorial. And Jeanette and I have put in a tremendous amount of time and effort and with volunteers at the presently the, at the state legislature to raise what's called capital outlay funding. And we're not sure exactly how much money we've been able to raise yet, but we expect to go forward and get some corporate donations and some personal donations. And we would like to do that so that we can um, break ground on the memorial, hopefully at the end of this year, early next year. So we have met with a lot of lawmakers. We've met with Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, who is very supportive and keeping in touch with us all along the way. Um, she was really responsible for so many of the uh, of the parameters that were put forth, which I believe saved so many lives in the state of New Mexico. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both. And would you just re reiterate what your roles are? So I am the chair of the steering committee for the New Mexico COVID-19 Memorial. And we're made up of a big cross-section of all kinds of people here in New Mexico. We have Native American members and they were inordinately hit by the, by the pandemic. And we will have a special place in the memorial where we can acknowledge and, and recognize that terrible loss. We also have LGBTQ, we have healthcare workers, we have mothers, we have um, dis the people from the disabled community, just all, all different walks of life. And we want it to belong to everyone. And we are getting input from all these groups so that they can represent themselves. We, are not, we don't wanna author anything for anyone. We would like them to be the authors of what is represented in the memorial for them. So we are meeting regularly. We're working with Bernalillo County Parks Rec and Open Space, and they have been wonderful and they will be in charge of the physical part of, of setting up the memorial. That is beautiful and so exciting. I'm so happy to hear that it's moving forward well. And as the leader, I'm helping to recruit volunteers and support volunteers. Many for the first time are doing this advocacy work um, as, as victim advocates, supporting them in um, sharing their story of grief and loss with public lawmakers, with county officials, um, with the media, um, you know, helping to find these people. They're, we're not centrally located, um, making sure to connect with other community organizations, um, coordinating We've passed five different resolutions at this point in city and county commissions. We have Bernalillo County Commission, Sandoval County Commission, Albuquerque City Council, uh, Corrales Village, and just recently, um, Las, Cruces, Las, Las Cruces. Cruces City Council, just the day before yesterday. And I, oh, I yes. present, so yes, we, we are, um, we've been working on this for about two years now. Uh, we've had a, a lot of um, outreach and the Albuquerque Journal 
published a, a wonderful op-ed and they have promised to endorse the memorial. And um, as Jeanette said, the local lawmakers have been very supportive and um, we, we don't judge anyone. We, we don't ask, were you vaccinated? Were you not vaccinated? Were, were you sick? People died and people are sad. And that is the issue here. What they did, what they believed is, is not up to us. And so we're inclusive. And we, we would like people to know that although the physical memorial is in the Albuquerque area, it is for the whole state. And if any other city or county or municipality would like a memorial in their location, we will be happy to work with any, any other location to help them have a memorial that suits them. So, so I know people frequently think, why does everything have to be in Albuquerque? Well, it doesn't. We can we can reach out in in many different ways and help any community build a memorial if that's what they want. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. No, and that's so wonderful. I think that this vision you have of just bringing everyone from no matter what experience they had and just bringing that pain and grief into something so beautiful to be shared with everyone is really wonderful. And so marked by COVID-19, you've been advocating for a permanent memorial dedicated to those lost by the COVID-19 virus. Can you tell us even more about the vision for this memorial, what it will look like, just more about it? Absolutely. I mean, we strongly believe that memorialization must fit the scale of the loss. And we have not yet created something as a nation that reflects the intensity of what we have been through. Right. So um, our the New Mexico COVID Memorial is on an acre of public trust land, and it was co-developed with Bernalillo County Parks and Rec and landscape architect Ken Romig, who has much experience uh, designing other memorials in New Mexico. And, you know, the question that's been asked is how how does New Mexico remember? How do we honor? How do we heal? and it's in community. Uh, so it is designed as a pilgrimage walk. And mm. uh, at the beginning of the memorial is a space for quiet reflections and quiet space for grief. And as you walk along the pilgrimage path, you'll see um, panels that are inspired by papel picado walls and nichos are small shelves for offering for our loved ones, as well as colorful gardens and key areas. and at the end of the memorial, it culminates in a stone plinth, which contains the digital aspect of the memorial. So visitors will be able to hold up their cell phones and see an array of photos of those who died of COVID. And they can click on a photo and it will pop up on their phone, a micro obituary um, curated by their loved ones and how they wanna remember them. And you know, as we were working with the county, we. And they have given us a lot of support and a lot of input, um, but we really brought it to the awareness that memorialization, it has to center the losses. You know, there's been millions of people around the world, a million Americans, 9,000 New Mexicans, um, and people have grown numb to the numbers, the sheer numbers of death. Like they can't even begin to imagine what millions of empty seats at the dinner table looks like. So by giving names and faces to the lost loved ones, it helps, it helps to humanize the experience. 
bring compassion from people that has been severely lacking. Um, and also, um, you know, many of us were robbed of in-person farewells and we had to say goodbye on Zoom. So including this digital component helps us to really reclaim our cell phones as a way to heal and connect with others and not just as terrible reminders of the way our loved ones have died. Um, and it also reflects the unique pandemic phenomenon of every, everything being on Zoom. You know, we're memorializing the deaths, but also the experience of how everything just stopped and so much was relegated to digital um, connection. Eleanor, so, what would you like to add? So the, now the pandemic, unlike the Twin Towers, the pandemic has no visual that lives on in people. I mean, we have body bags. So we, we have no visual. And so that's why this visual aspect is really important. And the, the setting of where the, the COVID memorial is going to be is, is such a beautiful place. You can see the Sandias. You can see the Manzanos. You look down over the Rio Grande Valley. You can see the volcanoes. You can look north. So this really embodies um, and makes the memorial uniquely New Mexican. And each state, we are hoping, will have their augmented reality component, and they will make the setting of their memorial uniquely with their state. This memorial is uniquely New Mexican and will embody what we're like as a people and what we experienced. We are now over I think it's 9,048 deaths. We are pretty high on the scale for per capita death. Although we're, you know, we're we, we're a small state. We don't have very many people here, but we had a high rate of of mortality here in our small state. And there are people here and everywhere who are still suffering from long COVID. And they are also people who are represented in this memorial. And it's still unknown what are the ramifications long-term of getting this disease. No one really knows. Right, thank you so much. I think it's important to try and explain the effect that this has had and the sheer amount of people that this has impacted. So I really appreciate that. And, you know, there's so many people who you know, maybe they have lost a loved one from COVID and they want to become involved. How can people who wish to show support get involved with this Senate Joint Memorial One? Jeanette. So they can um, reach out to me, Jeanette, J-A-N-E-T-H at markedbycovid.com. Um, we have a Facebook group, New Mexico COVID Memorial. And if they wish to have their loved ones included in the memorial, they can go to marchedbycovid.com slash remember to upload a photo. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure people listening right now would, would really love to be involved. So that's great to, to know for them. Um, what is something that you wish more people knew about COVID-19? We talked about the sheer number and the impact this has had, but is there anything else? I We would like people to know they're not alone. And then until I met Jeanette, I didn't know anyone else who had had a loss from COVID. And I was really, we, we have been so isolated and I felt extremely isolated. And uh, I, I think when we're together with other people who have had loss, because we take volunteers with us to the roundhouse, 
it's so helpful. So I would like people to know that you're not alone and we get it. We understand what it's like. It's just, it, it's been in the, in, in journalism, we have read that COVID death has been compared to people who lost people during World War II. They didn't know where they were. They didn't know if they died alone or with someone. And sometimes the bodies were never recovered. And this is part of what we are having to cope with every single day. Absolutely. I mean, our grief is is complex and complicated. People who lost loved ones to COVID are at risk for, you know, prolonged grief disorder, depression, anxiety, substance use. It's very, very unique in its pain because of, you know, being robbed of in-person farewells, being robbed of rituals such as a funeral that are, you know, really universal because that's what we need to heal. Um, and our grief has been politicized um, and prolonged. So it's it's a very difficult environment in which to heal. Um, and the pandemic is not over. We're continuing to lose people every day. The pandemic's not over for those who lost a loved one to COVID. It's not over for the immunocompromised and the elderly. And you know, this memorial will also be a place to re-envision a more just New Mexico for all. We totally. can't move forward this way. Yeah, thank you for that reminder. Thank you both so much. So we have those resources out for everyone, but before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add? I, I would like to express my gratitude to all of you and to all of the people that we met, our, the response to what we're doing has been very healing and just more tremendous than I ever imagined. Mm -hmm. So I am filled with gratitude. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know so much gratitude. And um, off the record, um, we, now that we've pumped up the memorial so much, um, we are looking for youth membership in our steering committee um all of you know unfortunately we don't have any youth yet um but it was it's such a good project like to learn grassroots community organizing and as we mentioned it's going to be the first in the country so it's really making history so if you guys have any nominees of um, you know participation is you know like it could be like two to four hours a month of sharing your input giving us ideas um uh, I still need to figure out how to use TikTok for advocacy. So just th <laughs> right. things that you guys could bring. So keep that in mind. If you or another youth would like to be involved, we really need that that voice. Okay, great. That's good to know. Thank you. Um, can you just remind us one more time where people can find more information on the Senate Joint Memorial and Marked by COVID-19? Um, they can go to markedbycovid.com. And the Senate Joint Memorial, we don't have like a central, what do you think? The Senate Joint Memorial 1 mm -hmm. is listed on the New Mexico Legislature website. Mm -hmm. And it's principal, it has 10 sponsors. And the principal sponsor is Senator Harold Pope. And you can find it really easily by searching for him or, or Senate Joint Memorial 1. Great. Thank you both so much. I just want to take a moment to... Um, acknowledge how powerful this conversation has been for me. It meant so much to hear from you, Jeanette and Eleanor. And just, I had chills like throughout this whole conversation. Um, I don't think that 
we talk about COVID in regard to the people that people have lost and the way that's affected people. So it it's making me cry. It's just no, thank you so much. And that's healthy, right? Tears are healthy. What you're expressing are feelings that have been repressed. And that's what this memorial will do is give a space so people can express these things because that's how we heal. You know? And and we we will go on. We will not be defined by this terrible tragedy that happened, not just to us, but by to millions of people all over the world. We are not defined by this. Mm-hmm. We will we will continue on and we will remember and we are working for better public health policies and legislation that will ensure that this will never happen again. Mm-hmm. There are ways to deal with these things and they were not implemented, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jeanette, Nunez Del Prado, mm-hmm. and Eleanor Bravo. Um, this meant so much to me. And I just so really appreciate learning more about this and sharing all these resources with everyone who can become involved. Thank you. Mm-hmm. If you're on Facebook, please join our Facebook group. We post all the time. Great. Hey, thank you. For Generation Justice, I'm Lily Lukow. This is Lily Lukow. Thank you so much, Jeanette and Eleanor, for sharing your stories and for your incredible work with the Senate Joint Memorial One. I'd also like to thank you for continuing to celebrate and commemorate the people lost and affected by COVID-19. Now, we bring you a very special song selected by our guest, Jeanette Núñez del Prado. Here is Mio by Miriam Hernández. This was Hugo Núñez del Prado's favorite song, Jeanette's Dad. My name is Ariana Cordova. I am 19 years old, a sophomore at UNM, and I've been a member of the Generation Justice family for about five years now. Radio has been such an amazing support to both myself and many other New Mexican youth, and none of this would have been possible without the support of KUNM. Through GJ and KUNM, we have all had the opportunity to really share our stories and raise our voices to be heard. I've learned so much over the years about radio, narrative shift, media justice, and my personal leadership skills. And the chance to reach our community through radio is something that I am very grateful for. And KUNM has really given me the chance to do so through GJ. So please consider donating to the KUNM annual spring drive. You can visit KUNM.org and click give now to make a donation, or you can dial 505-277-GIVE or 277 4483 and leave a message. A KUNM member will get back to you and take your donation. Thank you. My name is Zan Dixon. I'm 17. My 
pronouns are he, him, his, and I've been a member of Generation Justice for almost four years now. And I want to talk to you about why you should donate to KUNF. This radio station is giving me and other Generation Justice youth the airtime to speak to you, KUNM listeners. So please consider donating to KUNM's annual spring drive. The easiest way to make a contribution is to go to KUNM.org and click on the Give Now button. You can also donate by calling. Phone room is closed, but we still want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to donate if they want to. So you can call KUNM at 505-277-GIVE or 277-4483. Leave a message and the membership team will call you back to take your donation. Thank you so much, Adiana Cordova and Zan Dixon. While you visit KUNM.org to make a contribution, here is I'm Every Woman by Chaka Khan. Khan's song elaborates on the beautiful power and love that women hold and radiate. Welcome to this week's Vaccine Equity segment. What's new in COVID-19 and vaccination information? The People CDC reports that last week, the XBB.1.5 variant made up 89.5% of the United States cases. That's a high percentage. So what can we do to stay safe? To start, knowing if you're sick and getting tested can help you seek proper treatment and avoid spreading the virus to others in our community. If you are in need of an at-home antigen test, you can visit accesscovidtests.org and order tests for your family. Again, that's accesscovidtests.org. To find PCR testing locations near you, visit findatestnm.org. Again, that's findatestnm.org. What are some other ways we can continue personal and public safety? Keeping up to date with your vaccinations is a great way to continue protecting your loved ones and our community. If you or someone you know needs to get up to date with vaccinations and boosters, you can visit itstimenm.org to schedule an appointment today. Again, that's itstimenm.org. And remember, Maintaining social distancing protocols and wearing a mask in public spaces are still effective ways to mitigate the spread of the virus. That's right, Sunny. Masking is very important. According to the FDA, an N95 mask will protect you more than surgical masks. This is because N95 masks are designed to achieve a very close facial fit and very efficient filtration of airborne particles. As we go into spring break, practicing these safety protocols is essential in keeping you, your loved ones, and your community healthy and virus-free. That's it for Vaccine Equity this week. Join us next Sunday for more updates on vaccinations. Let's take care of our community in New Mexico. Now we bring you the song, You Don't Own Me by Leslie Gore. You Don't Own Me touches on the objectification of women, power, and autonomy.
My name is Madhumita Santanam and I'm 20 years old and I've been with Generation Justice for around three years now. I'd like to take this moment and invite you to visit KUNM.org and make a donation to this community radio station. KUNM is such an important platform and allows us, Generation Justice youth, to express ourselves and share our ideas with the public. As youth, we get to exchange ideas, broaden our perspectives, and learn from others through collaboration. Without KUNM, we wouldn't have programs like Generation Justice on the air. We get to acquire knowledge on different issues pertaining to our community, and we get the opportunity to learn how to be leaders and take action. KUNM puts their faith and confidence in GJ Youth to make a difference and share our ideas with the world. So again, Visit KUNM.org and click on the Give Now button at the top of the page. Thank you. We'd like to invite you to visit KUNM.org and make a donation to this community radio station. That's right. There's still time to donate during Generation Justice's programming. I have been with DJ for five years and I have had the opportunity to grow as a youth media producer and have a space on the air thanks to KUNM. Sin KUNM, los jóvenes de Generation Justice no tendríamos la oportunidad de compartir nuestras ideas en la radio. Visite kunm.org y done hoy para apoyar a su estación de radio comunitaria. Why do you think people should donate, Sunny? Well, Barbara, I think people should donate because KUNM provides organizations like Generation Justice and young people like myself the platform and space to inform, educate, and connect with the community through media and radio. I've been with GJ for the last three years, and I'm so lucky to have been given the tools for leadership, growth, and media producing. Thank you so much, Sunny. Nuevamente, visite kunm.org para hacer su donación. También puede llamar al número telefónico 505-277-4483 para dejar un mensaje y alguien de KUNM le devolverá la llamada para recibir su contribución. Nuevamente, el número de teléfono es 505-277-4483. Remember, visit kunm.org and click on the Give Now button at the top of the page or you can call the number 505-277-4483. Again, the number is 505-277-4483, and leave a message. Someone from KUNM will give you a call back and take your contribution. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of community action. 
we'd like to thank our guests, Jeanette Nunez del Prado and Eleanor Bravo, and the young people at Generation Justice, who shared why you should donate to KUNM. We heard from Emilio Bovale, Ariana Cordova, Sand Dixon, and Madumita Santana. Tonight's Hour of Radio was produced by Roberta Rael, Sunandita Santanam, and myself, Barbara Ramirez. And thank you to our amazing interviewer, Lili Lucao. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media, so find us on Facebook and Instagram, and follow our playlists on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Con Alma Health Foundation, the New Mexico Department of Health, Infectious Disease Bureau, and Office of School and Adolescent Health, as well as the Better Together program, the City of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and all, uh, of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. Our last song of the night include Free by Ultra Nay. I'm Barbara Ramirez. And I'm Sunandita Santanam. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Good night, New Mexico, and don't forget to visit KUNM.org and click on the Give Now button at the top of the page. Thank you.